For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, between rock everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. feeling about this. Welcome to episode 388 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Buddy, holy shit. We got two. We have some stuff to talk about. We got shit to talk about. Yeah. Something's about to bust. Um. Yeah, buddy. We got a whole episode of Mando to talk about. Mandalorian is back. We got Bad Batch to talk about. Man, two Star Wars episodes in the same day, same mm, week. The combo. The mm-hmm. left, right. Um, so we're gonna we're not gonna fuck around too much talking about George Lucas's turkey neck and whatnot. Not us, mm-hmm. not me, not mm-hmm. us. Um, so listen, guys, go to blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com for all your blue harvest needs. You'll find all our social medias, including a link to um, my Twitch channel where I've been streaming more regularly. Just wrapped up streaming, so I could come record with my buddy Will. Um, and you'll also find a link to our Patreon. Or if you really enjoy the show, you could support us for as little as $3 a month. Get a whole bunch of bonus podcasts while you're at it. Immediate reactions to all these Star Wars shows and cooking with Wills and nearby podcasts. All kinds of stuff over there at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And a big old shout out to our patrons. You guys are the best. And we appreciate you. Hey. We Absolutely. Um, yes, we do. So, how's your week been, buddy? It's been all right. Yeah. Uh, crazy weather. Some some intense weather rolling through, and uh, other than that, it's the grind of waking up, getting to school, tending the baby, daddy daycare, school, homework, bedtime. Yeah, it's daddy daycare. It is twenty four seven. Man, I um. And speaking of the the crazy weather, that shit completely snuck up on my ass last night. I was just hanging oh, yeah. around the house, taking it easy. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, it seems like it's about to start raining. And the goddamn bottom dropped out, bro. Full-on thunderstorms and shit. Yep. Had no idea it was coming. What do I do? What do I yeah, look like? Crazy. The weather was... app? 
the um <laughs> the sirens went off and my mom <laughs> called and was like hey can we come over and i was like yeah absolutely you know sure um and liam was a little he was like i'm a little scared of the thunder and lightning when he was going to bed and i was like you know what that's totally okay but this is safe like the mm-hmm. house is safe from thunder and lightning like yep we're okay um and he 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 was eventually fine. You know, well, he didn't freak out or anything, but he told me he was like, "I'm a little bit scared of the thunder and lightning." I'm like, that's "Yeah, right. I would just that's fine. That's totally that's funny." He's like, oh, "Totally just, understandable." As an aside, quick aside, I'm a little freaked <laughs> out now. Just thought I'd let you know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad he can tell me those kind of things. Those yeah. are important things to to know. Um. We we've gotten a little Fortnite time in this week. That's been nice. Mm-hmm. A little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Honing the sword. Um, who up Sharpening late? Sharpening the blade. Who up late honing the sword? Um, anyways, <laughs> um, I guess most importantly this week, we got the Mand Mandalorian season three kicked off this week with uh, chapter seventeen. The apostate. What's your um, what's your uh, overview? Your your high level, quick thoughts on this episode, Will? I thought it was a good introductory episode as to where where they're at right now. Right, like where they're at, where things stand, what's going on. I got the perfect amount of info about Mandalore and the mystery quest coming up. Mm-hmm. That was just an, you know, that's what. It's enough to satisfy the question about what's going on, and but it doesn't tell you what's going to happen. Like, right? You know, the, it was just the right amount of setup, I guess. Yeah, I mean, listen, <clears throat> more so than any episode opener from this show, this was like a heavy setup episode, right? Like, just sort of right. set the table, got us reintroduced into you know some of the major players and where they're at currently, right? Like, um, I listen. You know, when I was sitting down to watch it, like, you know, I was like, ah, I'm excited to watch this. I'm not getting a whole lot of excited about much of anything these days, you know? So, like, I right. had a certain level of excitement. But then once it kicked in and it started and there was, like, a shit ton of Mandalorians on screen, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this rules. I forgot this yeah. fucking rules. Yeah, this is badass. Yeah. Yeah, man. Watching them fight the Crocosaurus, like... That was intense. That was an intense battle. Dude. And um, let me ask you. Very well done. Incredibly well done monster scene. You know what I mean? I felt like this episode like had a like a noticeable jump in quality up like a a jump up in quality. Um, It just felt like across the board, maybe just a little more polished or something. I don't know. Um, But I'll tell you this at that very beginning scene. When they're like christening the new little Mando boy, that new little Mando boy, um, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is a." F- they're starting with a flashback. That's exactly what I so? thought. I was like, exactly. "Oh, exactly." I was like, "Oh, young Din Djarin." Exactly. Okay. That's right, what I, like I, was, this. I was like, "Oh, and, uh, this is when Din Djarin like officially became a Mandalorian." And then when his he swooped in in his cool ass ship, I was like, "Oh, was maybe like, not. Oh, maybe not." Oh, watch out! And he saves the day. Um, with a big ass explosion, I guess that was a torpedo, right? Like, yeah, that was a proton yeah. torpedo. Um, that was cool, mm-hmm. baller. Like, should, like 
just imagining him kind of as Mandalore, like if he assumes the mantle of, you know, the way of man, you know, the Mandalore, mm-hmm. like that is a balling ass thing to do to show up. Like, and dude, like, you know. I, I don't know about you, but you know that show, like, I think it's called Forged in Fire, where you watch people make weapons, swords and shit. Yeah, they yeah. make knives. and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all kind of different weapons. I would watch the Star Wars version of that uh, hosted by the Armorer all day. Give me a fucking <laughs> uh, scene of her crafting some Mandalorian armor, and I'm enraptured. I'm like, ooh, I love to watch this process. Show me something well, fake! Yeah. I have a little mini theory that she has some sort of emotional connection to that Mandalorian that she rushes in to save the one that it's like being held underground underwater. Do you notice that? Oh, in that yeah, scene? yeah. Yeah. She doesn't run in to fight until that one guy is like, yeah. And, and there's this giant ass Jurassic park ass head ass creature fighting them. And she's running in with her, her fucking armorer tools Come on, yeah, lady. And tongs, You're uh, badass, but what are you going to do? Grab its tongue with a tong? See if it's got thrush? Get out of here. If they're made of um, Beskar, yeah, they, sure may they, be, they would maybe her, you know, her most powerful weapon against a beast like that. I mean, but that's this the relative size of the hammer means she's going to have to give it quite the walloping. To do anything to that She's big a ass fucking creature. Mandalorian. Hey, I don't. I'm not saying she couldn't do it. I'm just saying, like, hey, man, that's a big ass creature to try and hit with a fucking, you know, craftsman hammer special. Maybe the whole thought was defensive. Maybe yeah. the attack was defensive in nature. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, if if there is some kind of uh, connection to that particular Mandalorian, then like, you know, not thinking straight in the moment or just rushing in trying to save him. Um. Yeah, man, I, I I loved that it started with this whole Mandalorian ceremony and they were playing, like, drums and shit. I was, pff, count me in. The water made it very, I don't know, ceremonial. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. The whole element of, like, standing in the standing in the water to receive your helmet, you know, mm-hmm. born anew or whatever. Yep. <clears throat> and then I got to say, so, like, you know, she, he comes in, right, and he's talking to her and he's like, well, are you sure Mandalore's all fucked up? Because this guy gave me this cool-ass crystal. He said he almost, this Jawa said he almost uh, fucking sold it to a hippie lady for her to put on her nightstand. Yeah. Um, and the um, the armor's kind of like pissed with him that he's there to begin with. Oh, yeah. Well, and then what I was going to say is like, so he, he goes through this whole thing. So he's like, so you're telling me if I go there and the springs are still in the mines and I bathe in the mines, all will be forgiven and we'll be cool. And the way she says, um, this is the way you can hear the smirk in her voice. Like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, this is good this luck is, with yeah. that fella. Yeah. Um, I really liked that. Um, I wonder how he'll have proof. Um, oh, I think he's going to have proof cause there's going to be a bunch of folks with him. I think I there's see. I think I see. I think there's going to be witnesses and lots of them. I see. And plus I kind of think I that I don't know like, if he's going to return with like a chunk of Beskar from the mine or something. I also kind of wonder if maybe um I still think he's not going to be like he's going to break away from this cultish religions sect of Mandalorian eventually. I did that is my feeling, but so, I, I you know I mean, I, I do think he will be ultimately uh, successful in going into the mines and bathing in the water or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be like, well, 
we don't have to live like this. You guys are a little crazy, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I kind of wonder, like, will like will him going to Mandalore? <coughs> excuse me, going to Mandalore and dis <coughs> discovering, you know, that it's the mines and and the springs under there are relatively intact. Will that cause like sort of a unification of the Mandalorians? And they're like, right. well, we have something worth defending and rallying around. I kind of wonder if that's going to be the case. Um, and then, like, the rest of the episode was the beginning of an RPG when you're getting your your all your tasks in order. They're like, well, okay, so yes. this is the ultimate goal. Like but there's, sorting your quests. Yeah, yeah. yeah these are the things you got to do before then, right? And buddy so like of course i love the opening scene it's mandalorians fighting a big ass monster i'm in but the minute he went to navarro and was walking around and they did the fucking super star warsy thing of being like here's this city and all these aliens that live here i was i was just grinning like an idiot the whole time i was like fuck yeah man like it's it's uh like so contrasted to the tone and execution of Andor, which by the way, I'm not shitting on Andor. It was stunning. I think it's great, but this is a very different vein of star Wars compared mm -hmm. to Andor. And like, it's nice to be back in this vein, just like it will be nice when Andor's back. We'll be like, Oh shit. It's, it's nice to be in this super serious, well-crafted fucking area of star Wars telling storytelling. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, <clears throat> um, just him hanging out on Navarro, going to see grief, like grief is awesome. He's got cape robots, bro, cape robots. That's what mm -hmm. I'm in there. I'm in here. For yeah. Him. They hold the, like his, the, I don't want to say the train of his robe. Yeah. <laughs> the, bill of, oh. the end of his robes. Also. So was it on the way to Navarro that. Din was taking a nap in the Starfighter, and uh, little Grogu was staring out into the hyper in the hyperspace and saw the damn yes, he was staring. Pergles were those the were those the hyperspace whales? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's okay. a that's a little nod to the Ahsoka show coming up for sure. Okay. For sure. Well, I thought that's it what was carried on from Rebels. Like it is. I thought Ezra disappeared on the hyper hyperspace wells. No, that's exact. It, it is. It's all of those things. 100% it's all of those things. Um, it's just, uh, um, you know, Ahsoka is going to be essentially the sequel to Rebels. It's picking up that story with, I mean, you know, I think we're, I mean, it's, it's assuming a lot, but I think it's in a cor correct assumption that that's what it's picking up from right like the fact that ahsoka's looking for thrawn the last person we saw thrawn with was ezra and the space whales it's it's totally picking up those story right. threads um i also like you know so we saw a bunch of stuff we've you know we saw like the mon cal and other species of aliens we've seen before but there was some new new shit sprinkled in there like griefs um protocol droid love that design of that droid thought it was real cool <laughs> the gold one man yeah um 
now I'll say this. I didn't expect him to be going there with his whole, like the whole reason he's there. He's like, Hey man, you know that droid that I hated at first. And then like Nick Nolte rebuilt him. Remember I've spoken. You remember that grief? And then he became the only droid that I could really see myself with. Yeah. Sexually. Be a friend so, too. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to need you to rebuild him. I, I need to rebuild him from whatever's left. And it's like, you know, a third of an IG droid that's left. Um, Sad, but kind of horrifying and awesome and appropriate that the IG unit would revert back to its original killer programming. Oh, dude, I uh, thought it was fucking. I mean, the minute. The minute he started coming back and then Grogu got up on the table for him with him, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. He's going to wake up and mm. want to kill little Grogu. Um, and like, what a fucking crazy scene with this, you know, bifurcated IG droid crawling around like a horror movie, like some kind of Sam Raimi joint Dude, up in here. It was intense. It was. Like, it was. It was borderline horrifying. It was. Um, um, And then, like, listen, I know I I can just tell. I mean, I haven't really, I'll be honest with you, I haven't really been checking out much of the social media reaction to this episode. Um, But I could see where, like, already I could see people, like, sort of not digging some of the humor in this episode. For instance, when they drop Grief's bust on him and... (laughs) <laughs> Din uh, Jarn's like that's using your head. That's using your head. I was like, it's uh, corny, but I love it. I loved it. Um, right. And then he takes his ass to see the Babu Fricks. Yeah. And once again, I'm sure there were some people that didn't really dig the the humor between him and the Ancelans. I think that's what well. That's called. a perfect place for it. That's exactly what that scene is for. Like, but every time it, they went back great. to that bit with grief translating, even after Mando could sort of start to understand them, like, oh, yeah. I, I laugh. I loved that. Yeah, me too. I loved that. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I didn't stick around and look at the credits, but do you think one of those was meant to be Babu Frick? I don't know, but I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the last one he talked to was his name not Bobby Frick. Did they? I don't know. I don't remember him saying his name, but he, they just kind of referred to them as the droid whisperers, basically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, they said the species name, but I, the I Ancelans, I believe, is what Ancelans. That's right. I there think so. Um, yeah, and and so that's where he picked up the next part of his quest. Oh, he's got to go find this rare droid part. Oh, he's got to go find IG parts. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit. Um, I wonder. Uh, what did you think about the the part with um, grief and and the pirates and Den? The pirates that are showing up, and he's like, "You're not drinking in my school, bro." <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. Uh, he was kind of, I mean, diplomatic up until the end. Like, like, we'll have that drink, but it won't be in my school. Uh-huh. You know, it was real kind of cowboy kind of oh, you know, yeah. sheriff-like. I love that. And he was on it. He was on point. Also, Part of me wonders if those little cape droids have guns in them. Uh, also, uh, big Lando and Cloud City vibes when they first yes. show up and Lando's giving them the tour at Cloud City. Yep. Like, 
Absolutely. I was, I was like, ooh, I like that vibe. Um, okay, so you know when I said that I felt like there was a jump in quality in this episode? Yeah. Like, to me, the biggest thing that I can point to as an example is the space battle in this episode. Like, think of this space battle versus the first space battle we saw in season one. Do you remember when that mm -hmm. pirate is chasing after um, Din and Grogu and, like, he does the whole, I could bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold line. And Din's like, hey, that's right. my line. Like, compare those two different space battles. This one was pretty fucking top notch. Asteroids? Get out of here. Yeah, that's true. I loved it, man. I thought it was so cool. Plus, the fact that that fighter is so nimble, mm -hmm. quick, has the super boost. Like, the ship is <laughs> badass. Yeah, and I thought the pirate ships, their little starfighters were cool. They were. You're right. They were. And I'm pretty sure one of those pirates was a, a Trandoshan, too, by the way. Right? I think so, too. I saw who you were talking about, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it was good. The pirates were menacing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were truly kind of, I don't know, menacing. They were a pain in the ass. What did you think of um, the head pirate, old Swamp Thing ass? Uh, I thought I liked it. You I, know, did I, liked too. it. I thought it was different. Um, Moth ass. I felt like ass, it came from head. somewhere out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it felt kind of like Swamp Thing. Like, you know, but uh, I like it. I like it a lot. That's a cool alien. Really I think good. so too. And the fact that it's like a, physical alien costume and it's something new you know they could have easily Those just thrown a translate well zabrak into there yeah yeah i liked it i thought it was a cool design you know he's going to be one of the um <coughs> like main foils this season they're gonna have problems with that pirate guy for of sure. course and his his little lieutenant i forget what his name is mm -hmm. um by the way I also don't want to skip over, like, when <laughs> Grief was trying to get Mando to stay on Navarro. He's like, we could use the sheriff. And he was like, yeah, what about Cara Dune? <laughs> and Grief was like, oh. Mm -mm. She He's went like, off. Oh, uh, record, recruited to special forces. She went off to the land of a pilot episode that never happened. Yeah, what was the name of the show? Mm, Rangers of the New Something Another. I don't know, man. Just I think it was Career Suicide. Is what nah, was I think that's the name of the show. <laughs> um, and then like, uh, when they're going to the other planet, and he's like, "Oh, it's a, it's one of the systems in you know this part of the Mandalorian planets or whatever," and that's a Mandalorian castle. I said, Ooh, "Mandalorian castle." All they had to see say was Mandalorian Castle. And I was like, fuck, I love this. A Mandalorian <laughs> Castle? I'm easy to please. On which Bo-Katan sits her ass on the throne, being pissed off about losing her army. Yeah, she's definitely pissed. She should be in a little bit better mood considering their, her wig this season is way better. <laughs> way better than that season it two wig. I said, it is. Ooh, what's up, Bo Katan? Hey, don't be so the, Why you got to act the, like that? Don't be so mad. Yeah. Let's hang out. Yeah. <laughs> she at least talked to him. You know, she didn't mm -hmm. just send him away. And she's going to look like it's all set up, right? She will be joining the. Uh, the RPG party before the end of the season. 
Yeah. Her ass might even show up next next episode and be like, hey, man, I know. I was in a bad mood. Like, you know. She I'm, might show up and challenge him for the saber again. She's like, just, I live here by myself with my cats and my dog. I didn't know you were coming over. Then you just showed up, so I had to fucking... You know, do my hair and put my fucking Mandalorian armor on. I was in my PJs. You caught me at a bad time. My bad. Let's do. Let's hang out. I'm gonna fight you for that dark saber, though. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. And, and like, once again, I think it dropped some interesting stuff in there, like the fact that all those Mandos she was hanging out with before are off being mercenaries. They don't want to follow her anymore. That is peace and love. I love Mandalorians, but that's a doo doo ass way of thinking. Just because she ain't got that fancy lightsaber, you're like, I don't want to yeah. hang out with you anymore. Um, I don't know. It's very, I don't know, mystical kind of. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen. I, ultimately, I do like that detail, but you'd think one or two would be like, "Hey, man, you know, I know I was sort of a background player last season, but my name's." Axe wolves or some shit. I'm gonna hang out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's a hard boss to work for. Maybe if moping around your castle is your thing, like it's not really fun being employed there. Well, and listen, the armor, she ain't got a single bit of dark saber, and look at all the people that follow her. I mean, granted, See? she's running like a little junior nexium over there but whatever yes yeah, she got yeah, like she's running the, the best car cult um but yeah man listen like i enjoyed the episode i did think it was kind of interesting where you know the first episode of season one right it introduces grogu little baby yoda it has a killer reveal at the end right episode yeah. uh, the first episode of season two big monster fight happens and then it reveals boba fett at the end right nothing like that in this just a solid setup episode but sure. i like where it's headed and i can't wait to see more me too i'm ready for old kate moss the pirate to show back up that's my yeah. nickname for that dude until i rem remember his name mm. big boss moss big boss moss um what'd you think of bad batch this week I liked it. I mm. admittedly didn't finish like the last 10 minutes of it. don't know how it resolves, but I'm kind of excited about that because it is so awesome so far. Mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, what did you think, I guess, is a better question. I liked it. Like, you know, we always kind of talk about different genres that Star Wars could do sometimes, and I think this is one of the more solid examples of like a Star Wars horror story, right? Exactly. I thought it was so interesting that even in the Mandalorian, we had like a horror angle and then just there in the middle with like IG-88, I mean, or IG-11, sorry. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then we had kind of like the first half of this episode is kind of a horror movie. Like, yeah, I guess you could say the whole thing. I haven't seen the last, I don't know how it resolves. Well, I know they let the thing out of the ship and everything before that's pretty, you know, pretty, pretty damn good. Did you did you get to the point where they explain what that creature is? No. No, well, I know that it's made with Kaminoan cloning technology. Spoiler alert, it's the goddamn Zillow beast. Oh, I recognize Okay, now that you say that, I do recognize the head. It was eating the energy. So when I was, it was watching eating. it, right? I was like Oh, this is cool. This is very like Ridley Scott's alien. This they went to the Nostromo. That's exact, 
right? There's a right. damn xenomorph eating electricity, and he ate the crew. But, By the way, did you see the part when I think Tech is like, I'm pretty sure this creature ate the crew, and Omega's like, he ate the crew? The crew? He's, she was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know Wrecker why. was like, that's not helping. Yeah, and then she later, like, just a couple seconds later, she goes, he ate the crew. Like, yeah. it cracked me up so much. Um, yeah. So that very first scene in the in when he takes the Republic, what like so they look like Republic commandos, you know, the helmets, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, there's some sure sort did. of research guards, I guess, or whatever, you know, scientific guard. Um, but uh, that's okay. So he's in the dark, he's alone, he can't see him in front or behind, and then you look up, you know, he comes from mm -hmm. above you, like that is Ridley Scott's alien. Mm -hmm. Like that scene, it was like, oh crap, this is like after I saw that, I was like, this is gonna be a horror episode, yeah. And that ship floating in space, I was like, oh guys, don't go check out that ship, there's no reason to check out that ship, just blow <laughs> it up, just um, blow that one up. The um, uh, I thought it was gonna be a Raftar. I thought it was going to be... Oh, that would have been interesting. Uh, I thought that they were going to use the Raftar that way, the way they were. So I'm sitting here but watching the Zillow this... Beast is very familiar. I'm sitting here watching this whole episode, not even for a second, being like, oh, I wonder if that could be the Zillow Beast. And then one of them drops, I think this is the same kind of creature that attacked Coruscant in the war. And I, I said, the goddamn Zillow Beast? That is a callback. Because remember... It is. That's like... Isn't it the first season, maybe, of Clone Wars where the Zillow Beast shows up? And it kind I of... I think it's the first season. It's the second, if it's not the first. Yeah, it kind of leaves... Not on necessarily a cliffhanger, but it's an open story thread, the whole Zillow Beast It thing. is. They just take that beast away, and uh -huh. they never speak yeah. of it again. I kept expecting through the Clone Wars, like somebody would at least casually drop... Zillow Beast. <laughs> what happened no, to the Zillow Beast? We gotta wait like over a fucking decade and get into a completely different show before old fucking cowboy hat Maloney, Dave Filoni, has to be like, oh shit, the Zillow Beast. You, you know, guys respect remember the to the Zillow man Beast? for finishing, the, for bringing it back up. Right. Like, for using it again. <clears throat> yeah, man. I, I was just like, I But can't. they have spliced it with something. That ain't just Zillow Beast. Yeah, that ain't they cut that Zillow beast. That ain't straight Zillow beast. I think you're right. They too. cut some Rathar into him something, or something. Something. Um fucking couldn't believe it was a Zillow. That was my biggest takeaway. I I really liked the episode. Like, you know, horror is not something you always get Star Wars doing and this leaned very heavily towards that side of storytelling, so I was really into it and honestly Took me by quite a bit of surprise because, you know, this week especially, I was very excited for Mando coming back. And then right. yesterday when, morning when I finally sat down to watch Bad Batch, I was just like, wow, that's a really good episode. Yeah, um, right? It I really is. So, you know, spoiler alert. Um, you know, at the beginning when um, old Royce, whatever the fuck, the evil scientist guy wants them to go get the uh dignitary from Camino and bring him. Uh, right. He basically gets him to cuz he's trying to figure out how to to get Lama Say to do whatever it is he's wanting to do. And that right. guy basically drops, "Well, there's this uh clone out there, a young girl. If you can find her, that's the key to getting Lama Say on your side or whatever." 
So oh, no. they're kind of setting up the last back, like last third or whatever of the season to be the Bad Batch, you know, slash Omega specifically uh, being back on the Empire's radar. Um, radar that way. So um, I thought it was a good episode. Like, you know, I think if, if you're listening to this and you watched Mando and for, for didn't watch um bad batch this week you should it's really good um and i really enjoyed it interested to see i'll tell you this um i still firmly believe that we'll get at least one more season of bad batch because nothing about this so far feels like we're heading towards the wrap-up of these character stories right with as many episodes as we have left i think there's five Mm -hmm. left it doesn't feel like we're heading into in-game territory by any means. No. I don't even know if we'll see Crosshair again. It's I fucking think we weird. will. I'm not even... But the, we might not. I don't even really like Crosshair that much, to be honest with you. I could give or take. You know, I could do without him, to be honest. But it is because weird. Because his boss got arrested. Like, his boss went off mm-hmm. for punishment. Yep. He could um, be doing anything. Yeah, but you know what he's probably You're saying? Being, it's weird. Being like, spicy and chewing on toothpicks. That's what he's doing. But it is yeah. weird that they haven't brought him back yet. Um, or at least mention, or I don't know. Yeah. So, because sometimes they show a scene of what he's up to. Like he doesn't necessarily mess with them, but you get to see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Not even that, though. I, I guess because they gave him a whole episode, they're like, we cover that. Maybe. maybe that is how maybe that's the excuse not also, excuse but the reason like no Cody either right like that no whole Cody. that whole crosshair episode kind of ends with Cody going AWOL and that hasn't been picked up back up yet so yeah did they not I thought Cody was in there with Rex or some shit Mm-mm. he hasn't shown up with the Rex yet oh okay all right he better not and if he does Rex better give him a walloping with a fucking armorer's <laughs> hammer because Huh. I, I will not forget what head. you did to that big goddamn lizard, Cody. You will never get forgiveness from me. Never, ever. <laughs> I'll hold a grudge. Let's hear from our friends. Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Serene stud. He loves to split chicks with his bud. Kitty Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! All righty. Hey, guys, listen. If you want to send in a voicemail or email, it's easy enough. Blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. First up, we got our buddy, the king, the king of all Toms, King Tom Chansky. I wonder what he thought about Mando this week. I haven't listened to the Sith list yet, so I don't really know. 
Hey there, Haas and Will. Really enjoyed this uh, week's episode of The Mandalorian. It's really great to have the show back. Gotta say, my favorite part of the episode, though, was Grief Karga's two little cape droids. You know, if I was the high exalted magistrate of a planet and I had the money to show off like that, I would absolutely have two little droids following me, uh, making sure my cape never touched the ground. That was just so bizarrely Star Wars. It was perfect. And it got me wondering, like, if you had, you know, that type of money and pull and whatever, would you have little droids to do random things for you? Like, I, I was thinking of a droid that could brush my teeth um, or maybe a droid with a, a fan um, that could follow you around or fly around you on, on a hot day and just kind of like blow air at you. Blow droid. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, <laughs> you know, those are my two. But do you guys have any other things that you, you would have droids do or want little droids to do for you? That's my question this week. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Bro, straight up litter box scooping droid. Mm. That would be yeah, the a butler droid. I don't even where it was at. Dude. I don't even know about a butler droid. But if I just had a little droid, you know, that could hang around the house, and once a day, all he had to do was like scoop the litter boxes and take the trash out to the trash can, like. Mm-hmm. My life would be ninety-seven percent better. That's a big job. If I had, if I had a dishwashing and bottle washing droid, oh, now see my that's life good would too. be my labor would be cut in half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You know what? So also that same droid. You know what he could do for me? Whenever I wash my sheets, he fucking puts them on the bed because I don't know why every Holds time. Them. And then, like, <laughs> stores them and then puts them on the bed for you. Every time I go it. and wash my sheets and go put them back on, right? Um, the fucking fitted sheet confounds me every fucking time. And it's even got a tag on the inside, like on the underside of the sheet. that There's a little tag that says top or bottom. And I'm like, sweet, this will help. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And I start put, like, putting the fitted sheet on. And by the time I get up to that last corner, I'm ah, oh, fuck. It's on sideways. <laughs> every time Man. and last night every when time. i was doing it the reason this is in my head is because i did sheet laundry yesterday and was going to make my bed before bed and it took me 20 minutes to figure it out like what the oh fuck goodness. man that's pretty long how dumb am i i don't think that has anything to do with it I'm trying to think of any other things i really those two things and i would just be like I'd be a pretty happy dude most of the time. Most of the time. A droid to fix things. Like, yeah, fix furniture. Just a, a general fixing droid. You know what I mean? A little a plumbing R2D3. droid. Yeah, a plumber. electricity droid. Yeah. You know? A general maintenance droid and the the sheet, the fitted. He could just do the fitted sheet, to be honest. I'll take care of the rest. You know, I ain't trying to put too much on this droid. I just literally he can hey, hang man, out. If he the can house. do the fitted sheets, he can do the rest of the sheets. I'm sure he can too, but I'm just telling him saying telling him, like, hey man, like listen, I don't need you to do a whole lot. I'm not gonna be like breaking your back with tasks, but like can you help me out with a fitted sheet and a a, a litter box scoop here or there, you know? And then Dude, do whatever. A droid else you to want. Carry, 
a droid to carry luggage to the airport or a droid to carry your groceries to the car? Oh, the put up your groceries droid, that would be pretty sweet. Dude, that's probably closer to the future than possible. Like, uh, Yeah, of the ones we're talking about, I, I mean, they've got really exp- – have you ever seen those litter robot litter boxes? Have you seen these things? They're crazy. They're crazy expensive. I saw something today. Oh, wow. That's here it is. It's $700. That is neat. That is neat. That's worth it. Take my money. Bro, um, $700. And listen, you know, it is, it is conventional wisdom that you should have at least, at least one litter box per cat, right? Bruh. Yeah. I could get a fucking used Honda Accord for as many of these as I would need. And I don't even know that this wouldn't freak my cats out. So you know what it does, right? So just to describe (laughs) it to folks, is a litter box that's got like a sphere in the middle with a hole in it where the, the cat goes in there, they do their business. Then the sphere in the middle when they leave starts to rotate and it sifts the doo-doo feces and and pee lumps down into the bottom part right into a little uh trash bag convenient and i just know i would spend conveniences spend all that money on this thing and put it in their room and they'd be like i don't know who the fuck you think you are i am not going in that machine bruh I just know that's what would happen. I don't know. Cats get curious about spaces like that. And they'll be like, oh, here's that stuff I go to the bathroom in. And they get I different- have seen something that was like a portable backpack. It was like a like a like a backpack slash cooler on wheels that would like follow you. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've seen those. I've seen those. That's cool. Oh my god, look at this this self cleaning litter box. It even looks like a cat. It's shaped like a cat. Yeah. This one is about half the price. I wonder what the reviews are. <coughs> what's, what's, where's the reviews? Oh, it has no reviews. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That, that thing might actually eat your cat. That might be what happens with this thing. <laughs> I used to have a cat. Mm-hmm. And I bought this real fancy uh, Bro, litter if box. I, if I bought one of these... If I bought one of these uh, fancy litter box robots and it ate my cat, I would be crawling into the oh, robot God. second. Oh. I'd be like, life is not live- worth living anymore. I just fed my Dude, cat to a no. litter robot. Now I, I don't want to be a murderous anymore. serial you killer just hear, robot. You would just hear voracious weeping coming from inside the litter box as it chews me up. Oh, man, that's a horror movie. The mm-hmm. birth of AI sentience in a... <laughs> space litter box mm-hmm. alright next up we got a voice I message. crave cat Neil <laughs> what's up Oz and Will uh, it's Neil giving me a call from Chicago calling about um, the latest episode of the Mandalorian uh, thank god it's back I'm super amped to have this show again and really 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 looking forward to this season uh, this episode I uh, had a lot to like uh, I think it was a great catch up episode whether you watched the Book of Boba Fett or not, uh, just kind of re-familiarizing yourself with the characters, what their situations are. Um, I I think this was a great, great uh, way to do that. Uh, A couple things I wanted to touch on, which I I really enjoyed. Uh, 
the fact that uh, Mando is trying to rebuild IG-11 um, kind of almost makes, you know, droids out to be um, like dogs, almost, to a certain extent. Like, Mando, I know he has a thing where he doesn't trust droids to begin with, but, you know, it's almost like, you know, droids have a certain temperament, and whether or not they need a restraining bolt or something like that, akin to, you know, how humans interact, with, again, with dogs, just, you know, you don't know what you're in for with a new droid, so why chance it when you can just, you know, get the same, same one back? I, I like that. Uh, when he came to life, uh, it was very Terminator-esque, um, just crawling, pulling himself along, trying to uh, eliminate his target. Uh, so I thought that was a, a great homage to that scene. Uh, the next part was the Enzellans. Um <laughs> I couldn't help but just laugh through this whole part. It, it really made me think, uh, like, the Shaq shimmy meme, like, if that was a language, you know, that's what the Enzellans are speaking. Um very cute. I like that Kroger tried to basically take one as a pet or eat it. I'm not sure. Uh, either way, uh, quite cute. Uh, and, you know, the thing that really sparked me with this episode and what I think is going to tie into later things, specifically the Ahsoka show, uh, is uh, with Grogu seeing the Purgles, is that, that's what I assume those were uh, when they were traveling through hyperspace, I think Mando and Grogu are going to interact with Ahsoka again this, at some point this season, whether she comes to help them or it's just some random occurrence again. Um, and somehow Ahsoka is going to be able to understand that uh, Grogu can see and interact with the Purgles. And through either knowledge, you know, uh, that they then interact with the Purgles further or knowledge she extracts from Grogu's head, uh, she's somehow going to get Ezra's location out of that. I think that's really what the tie-in is, and that's what's going to spark the Ahsoka show and how that starts. Uh, anyway, tell me what you think. Tell me what you're looking forward to. Hope you guys are having a great week. Talk to you later. Um, so uh, my running theory is that we won't see Ahsoka this year. I think we'll see Sabine in this season of the Mandalorian. And that'll be sort of the tie in to Ahsoka, you know, to the, uh, Mm because it would make sense, right? Like to bring her into the fucking Mandalorian. She's a Mandalorian. Um, Yeah, right. That's true. And a previous wielder of the dark saber. You know, so I kind of feel like we will see Sabine and that'll be the tie in. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have expected that we would see Ahsoka in Book of Boba Fett. And that that happened that that definitely happened. So what do I know, man? Huh? Um, You never know. The show keeps you guessing. Mhm. It definitely does. I'm I'm very excited cuz you know like <clears throat> like there was I know in like, hindsight we're always like, "Oh, of course." Mhm. But like when while we're watching it, it's very shocking, you know, surprising mm-hmm. some of the stuff they do. Well, that's what I was going to say, like just because this episode was kind of like a um you know, like we were talking about. It was a bit of a setup episode. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. they're going to do some batshit Dave Filoni, John Favreau shit coming up. You know, like they're going to. Right. There's going to be something crazy that happens this season. We're going to be like, can you believe it? Dash Rendar showed up or whatever, you know. 
Boy, yeah. would I lose my mind if Dash Rendar showed up. I, I, I would never want to hear an unkind word about the Mandalorian again. I'd be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, take that somewhere else. I would not I would not be opposed to Dash Rendar showing up anywhere. Yeah, I just, I mean, it. honestly, it's it probably will happen. You know, somebody's going to not be able to help themselves and be like, you know who should we, we should put in the... We should put in this. Who? Dash Rendar. Mm, I don't know. No, trust me. It'll be cool. A rugged, handsome space smuggler that's not on Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's yeah. hard not to. By I the mean, way. I'm, you know, I'm sure from the entertainment aspect, like, that's low-hanging fruit. That's hard not to pick. Well, and you know, also. And you could put the Wookiee in there that's not Chewbacca. Snuva, yeah. They, they would not be able to help themselves if the time came when they were like, yeah, we should do dash Rendar and something. They would not be able to help themselves. And like, it would probably be a running gag that he gets compared to Han Solo and doesn't like it mm-hmm. and shit, you know? Right. I could just see them being yeah. like, Oh, we can, we got to do that. That'll be so funny. Yeah. That'd be so are funny. You, are you general Solo? Oh, I'm so tired of people asking me that our ships don't even really look that much alike. He wishes he was me. Yeah. Um. So, all right. Next up, we got a, an email from my mom. She said, "Hey, oh hello, Halls of Will. This is Mama Burkhart. I will start off with the Bad Batch. I think this is one of my favorite episodes. I like the action and suspense. Whatever kind of monster that was reminded me of that Godzilla movie, where he climbed up something like that. But I do believe Godzilla got killed." I'm worried about Omega. Surely they won't let anything bad happen. What do y'all think? Loved, loved, loved the first episode of Mandalorian. My biggest question I have is the significance of the very first part where the boy is becoming a Mandalorian. At first I thought it might have been Boba Fett when he was... boy. Look at my mom. She was thinking it was a flashback too. Yeah, Um, yeah. I really love all the new aliens, especially the little ones that were trying to fix the droid for Mando. Can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. Love y'all both. Mama Burkhart. Oh, Mama Burkhart. Thanks, Mom. That's so nice. Um, so glad you're enjoying modern Star Wars. Yeah, I think it's It's a very really cool fun. thing for her to do. She called me on Tuesday and she goes, okay, listen, I just need you to clarify something for me. And I was like, yeah, totally. Am I really going to be able to wake up Wednesday and watch Bad Batch and The Mandalorian? And I go, yeah, they'll both be yeah. up. And she was like, okay, all right. Well, I'll be watching them. That's that's super cool. That's super wholesome. So, uh, as far as something bad happening to Omega, something bad is going to happen. Like, I wouldn't. I be mean, sp- bad so- things have to happen to her to shape her character. Yeah, right? like I don't think it's going to be like the worst thing. They're not going to kill Omega. No. no, because that's a wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't female know. fat clone who's probably altered and enhanced. You know potentially force sensitive you can't kill her you can't in my opinion like that would be the stupidest decision well not just that like like i know it's a little you know darker and a little more intense than a typical kid show but at the end of the day bad batch is definitely you know more kid drip like yeah. more driven towards this that audience and they're not going to kill yeah, off yeah. the main kid character just from yeah. a practical yeah. standpoint but also like 
so if you, if I had to guess, like, there's a chance that like this season ends with her being kidnapped by the Empire or something, right? And that sort of sets the stage for the beginning of the third season is the rescue, right? Of, um, Omega. Granted, that's kind of what happened at the end of the first season, right? Didn't she get? It is. It is caught and taken back to Camino, and that's why they all ended up there. Am I wrong? I think so. I can't. Remember. I can't remember now. I do remember them being on Camino. I mean, yeah, getting through the tunnels underground. Mm-hmm. Um, I say underground, underwater. But yeah, I mean, they're they're going to do something with the whole Omega thing, and it's not going to be great. But she's going to ultimately be okay. Her big brothers are going to come rescue her. Um. <clears throat> okay. Next up, we have one from Justin. Hi, Halls and Will. Listening to the interesting discussion between Halls and Steel and reflecting on my thoughts on Mando Season 3, Episode 1. I had a couple of questions for you both. The questions stem from Steele's comment on how the story seems to be going back to old ways and ideas and not moving forward. Grogu is back with Mando. They're trying to resurrect IG-11. Mando wants to atone for breaking the creed of one of Mandalore... of one group of Mandalorians that we thought he had moved on from. How do you feel about this? Do you see it moving forward or not? And if you take your mind back to that last episode of Mando season two, what did you imagine season three to be about? Thanks to you both. Love the podcast regards, Justin. I mean, I think it will move forward. Um, I, I, I understand what he's saying. Like it's, but I think we're working within the lore that, the Mandalorian itself has already created, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't constantly have to be new factions, new aliens, new everything for me. Like I enjoy that we're working within, you know, the group that he was a part of and raised in that has made him now apostate. Like you can't not address that stuff. Like, yeah. You can't and just go on to the next thing. So I like, think for sure he will be moving on from that. Like, I think right. that is going to be part of his character growth. Um, you know, I think the influence of other Mandalorians who don't, you know, constantly have to smell their fucking stinky seafood breath in their helmets. You know, they take that shit off and air out every now and then. Um, yeah. I think and that I will think have an effect on him. I think it's compelling. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying I think that will have an effect on him. I've kind of thought that since the beginning. Since the, Well, not the beginning. Since they, you know, had him encounter Mandalorians that don't follow that creed. Yeah. yeah. Um, the very fact of Grogu being with him changes his life immensely. Mm-hmm. You know, much like having children just changes your life forever. And so he's, <laughs> I find it compelling story wise to figure out how he's going to deal with having Grogu with him all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, what he's going to teach him and how he's there, he's going to care for him and not expose him to too much and like still be the Mandalorian and. I find that compelling, and I'm excited to see where it goes, I guess is what I'm saying. See, so. now, I will say this, like, Steel, and not just Steel, there's been f- of plenty of people that feel this same way, too, like, that the the quickness with which they reunited the two of them kind of takes away from that, the ending of season two of Mandalorian, like, that emotional impact of, you know, him sending Grogu off to be with Luke, right? Right, and I think that is a completely valid way to th- to feel. Like when when I hear that yeah. argument, I go, I get that. Just 
personally for me, it doesn't affect me in that way. Um, well, I think, I think that you would have had bigger questions had you encountered Luke or, you know, some, somebody, you know, and you, and he didn't go with them. Like there was, Oh, cool. What's up? We're glad you're here. Oh, you're force sensitive too. Oh, that's cool. We should kick it sometime, but we won't really. Like, well, so th- no, there, there was never a, w- a story where he was not going to go with whatever Jedi it was that answered that call. You know, I remember leading up to that episode being like talking with you, like, what if it's Luke? And then like laughing it off. Right. And Steel right. was the same way. Steel was predicting that it was going to be Luke, but as a joke. Um, yeah. And then like, well, I mean, I, I would say there's go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, once again, I feel like that discussion point or that critique of their, the storytelling decision is completely valid. Like I said, doesn't, doesn't affect yeah. me that way. And like, it's not going to take away from like, the the first night watching that season two finale and freaking out when Luke Skywalker actually showed up, right? That right. That's something I'll never forget. And like, so, you know, everybody's I don't mileage need him is to gonna... be away from the Mandalorian. I want to see him with the Mandalorian. Like, I also feel like there is an emotional weight to him choosing to give up the life of a Jedi that mm-hmm. he's known of and grown up in to follow and be with the Mandalorian. He made that choice to stay with him. You yeah. know, there's an emotional weight there. And I, I totally agree too. But like it, the other thing, and, and once again, I think I, I ultimately think it's a, it's a little bit early to be worried about this because there's a lot of season left, but I could also be completely wrong. And, and it's, it's completely the way it goes, but like, um, the Grogu and, and I get this, uh, argument doesn't feel necessarily like he was just off training with fucking the, one of the greatest Jedi masters of that era. Right. Like he kind of just seems like the same character still. And I know he's like a little kid, which definitely plays well, into it. And he gl- grows very slowly. That's what I was going to say. I don't know how much time oh boy. Luke has had around, you know, a, such a long life species or children for that matter. Like does well, Luke doesn't really have the Jedi time and patience to raise a child for what could be the rest of his life to get this kid to teenager years. Oh, I think Luke did. I, I, I would push back on that. I think Luke would be able to handle that. Like, um, but, See, the other thing is, is when Grogu left in season two, I like and I feel like everybody had to know he was coming back sometime. Like that was well, that's the thing. Like, like that just was because that's yeah. Yeah. It was like setting it up. Right. It was setting it up for the eventual reunion. I agree that they did it too fast. And part of me agrees with that because it meant there was two whole episodes in the book of Boba Fett that didn't have Boba Fett in them. All right. So, but regardless, they did it and I'm along for the ride. You can be of both minds. So, um, honestly, they could have given those episodes to Boba Fett 
and released uh, a special, like a Mandalorian, like mm-hmm. Boba Fett tie-in special. Yeah, they certainly could have. They certainly could have. They could have rewritten it and then been like, hey, you know, we know it's basically going to be two years before Mandalorian season three comes out. We got a little something special for you, a special. Who, but Disney was like, oh, Boba Fett, check this out. We're going to boost your ratings with just a little bit of this. This, Let uh, me sprinkle a little Luke something on Skywalker. this. I got to have yes. a word with old fucking Cowboy Maloney, Filoni, and John Favre. Hey, maybe that's why. Uh, I mean, that's why Chapstick bit the dust. Maybe that was his decision. I don't know that the. So it could be, um, but I also don't know that that the timeline of that would line up. It's hard for me to say. Because the old Bobby Chapstick was not there long. Um, <laughs> all right, next up, here is an email from Sam. Howdy, Halls and Will. I'm sh- it sure is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. I have a quick question for you fellas about each of the episodes we got this week. First, I love the Mando episode and looking forward to all the storylines that they're setting up. Do you think they'll ever bring Cara Dune back in comic or book form to flesh out her character without having to bring back the actress? Yeah. That's, I'm telling you right now, those comic and book writers are like sitting around going, oh, we got one. Can I get, can I get that win? When we finish, when we finish doing all the Kira storylines, when we run the Kira storylines into the ground, we got some killer shit to follow it up with. Cause guess who ain't coming back? As far as the Bad Batch goes, Will, you live with the resident Godzilla episode. What do you think of having more of a giant Godzilla type monster back in Star Wars? Do you think that there are more of those Zilla Beast and the Tannis cloning facility? Anyway, thanks as always, and I hope you have a great week. Best wishes, Sam. Hmm. I think Star Wars does big beast well. Um, so Kaiju fit really well in Star mm. Wars. And I think that uh I think that that's cool. Because either a beast can be tamed, much like the Rancor by Boba Fett. Uh, or the beast can be soothed mm-hmm. by like a Jedi. Um, we've never seen one ride. Have you ever seen a Sith ride like a foul beast, like a ring wraith kind of thing? Um, buddy, I bet you that's happened at some point. Let me look. Because that shit would be cool mm-hmm. if they ride like some sort of foul beast. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I'm down. I'm down for Godzilla style monsters and Star Wars. I think that I think it's a it's a compliment, complimentary. It is. I think um I don't know, man, cuz if you if we had been recording the podcast back when those episodes of Clone Wars came out, I I would have been like, "Oh man, well that's setting up the Zillow beast to show up somewhere down the line and then his ass would have never shown up and then years later, I told you guys, <laughs> I told you." Um I bet you we see the Zillow Beast maybe again. I'd be cool if like they use the Zillow Beast, like they they free the Zillow Beast and it ends up taking down that Mount Tanis place or whatever. Um, oh. All right, next up we got a voicemail from Jacob. Mighty dudes of the Harvest of Blue, what is up? Jacobo Wizardo is here, and. I gotta say, that double dose of Star Wars this week, woo-wee, <laughs> did it ignite the flaming fire of 
ultimate Star Wars-ness in me. And uh, not only did the Mandalorians start with a group of, like, 40, 50 different Mandalorians of this crazy cult battling a giant crocodile. We got an Old West standoff with some pirates in the town with Grief Karga. We got Asteroid space battle and the N1 starfighter. Woo! And we got to see a Mandalorian castle. Woo! Beautiful, beautiful. Now that's how you start off the season. And uh, a question for you guys is, I I believe that maybe where the show is headed, do you think Din Djarin, Mando, is going to mount the Mythosaur, and you're going to see him, Darksaber in hand, riding a Mythosaur, leading an army of Mandalorians on Mandalore, got... You know, the planet is most mostly crystallized, possibly, now. It's going to look beautiful. Do you guys think Mandalorian is going to mount the Mythosar this season? Or do you think that's going to be saved for down the road? All right. Hope you guys are doing well. We'll check you later. Listen, my one of my predictions is for this season is that we see a mythosaur on mandalore like i can totally see the situation where mando gets to to mandalore right and he's like you know he finds some entrance to the mime fucking flame of a loon whatever that shit gandalf says right um Mm -hmm. and instead of the balrog because remember cowboy maloney Filoni is involved, and that boy loves Lord of the Rings. The fucking Star Wars version of the Lord of the Balrog in the Minds of Mandalore is going to be the Mythosar. So, I definitely think we'll see him. Now, will it be like a, you know, a battle? Like, because it kind of set up. I mean, we already saw him fight one big creature, right? Maybe that's foreshadowing or something. I don't know. Um, but um i definitely think we'll see one like part of me wants to go yeah he's gonna ride it right like he'll he'll fucking tame the mythosaur or grogu will use his like animal powers like he did on the rancor but that would kind of just be repeating that whole thing again right like well it's not the worst thing to repeat it's a way to use his powers that's not aggressive Hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. speaking to animals is a way for a child Jedi to use the force without, I don't know, firsthand being aggressive, I guess. It'd be real fucked up if um, when the episode comes along. You remember that one scene in Revenge of the Sith where Yoda fucking does that clone dirty? You know what I mean? He jumps up on his chest and kills that clone when they're trying to retake yeah. the temple. Love that scene, yeah. by the way. It'd be real fucked up if we see... Uh, Little Grogu do that to like Bo Katan or something, like just out of nowhere. Oh my goodness! He just grabs the dark saber and does that, and that's how the season ends. Oh, woo, woo, oh woo, woo! Everybody's like, "Oh my god, child murderer!" <laughs> All right, let's hear from our buddy Florian. Chatakratu, ubahasa miokula. 
Achuta, Mando, Chispi, Ubahasa, Miokola. <coughs> Sorry, I, I just love these lines from the opening scene of chapter one. But today I would like to talk about and focus on the opening scene from chapter 17, the first episode of season three, and what it might be setting up. Because I'm pretty convinced that I know who that boy in the beginning is. He is... Oscar Mayer. No. Uh, no, no, no. I think Florian. he could be Paz Vizsla's son. Biological, adopted, foundling, whatever. But I think they have a connection. Paz Vizsla being the big blue Mandalorian from previous episodes, voiced by John Favreau. I'm pretty convinced because the boy's helmet has the same color scheme. At the same time, they made a point by showing us all the other Mandos and they all had different color schemes, except for those two. But that's not all. All the Mandos stand in a line and look forward during the ceremony, except for Paz Vizsla. He keeps looking at the boy. Why? Because it's the last time he will see his son's face for the rest of his life, according to Creed. And I think that does affect him more than he would like to admit. But the ceremony gets interrupted by King Bowser right when the boy is about <laughs> to swear to never remove his helmet. And he never finishes the sentence. So technically, I guess he still could remove his helmet, even without breaking any code. And there is even another sign that Paz Vizsla is his father, or somehow connected to him. The first thing he says in this episode is, Young ones to the cave! Because he cares about his son and wants to protect him. He even keeps an eye on him during the fight, where he flies towards him, pushes him aside to protect him. So what do you guys think? Um, is this setting up some sort of a connection? Is this setting up the end of the never remove your helmet code? So the season starts with somebody is putting on the helmet and it ends with maybe more of them even taking the helmet off. Maybe even good old Paz Vizsla, who previously looked down on Din Djarin for doing so. Fun fact, uh, when my daughter saw the scene where the helmet was forged, she immediately thought it was a helmet for Grogu. Yeah, as I keep saying, oh, that your focus cool. determines your reality, and she does think about Grogu quite a bit. Thanks for the awesome podcast, and may Grogu's healing hands touch upon you. Goodbye. <coughs> Listen, I didn't pick up on any of that, but I could see it happening. He's the next in the line of the fucking Vizsla. You know what I mean? The Vizsla name? Absolutely. I say I did not come at it at that angle, but if you wanted to, you totally could. Like, it yeah, could they work could like definitely that. do that. You know, the one thing I would say is I guarantee you that the armorer is such a stickler from the, for this helmet shit that, like, as soon as everything calmed down, she was like, by the way, kid, you owe me a, you owe me a promise about that helmet. Don't think I'm letting you slide on that. Mm -hmm. I guarantee she didn't let that go unaddressed. No, the fact that he didn't actually say the words. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So, um, all right. That's interesting. I'm going to have to like pay special attention to that stuff when I rewatch it. All right. We got one more, and this is from our buddy Utah. Dougie. Dougie. Oz and Will, this is Dougie. It's 
Space whales? What? That was freaking amazing. I hope that's just not a, a little tease. I I want to know what the what the percentages are or whatever that the uh, Rebels crew shows up in one way or another uh, in the Filoni-verse. That's so good. Just got out of Cocaine Bear. That was good. Um, Alden Ehrenreich was really funny. He's getting some good work. Period. Um, you know, after last week, I think you guys just talking about random things. We should do a new segment when there's low Star Wars talk and just call it uh, Random Holes. Random Holes. Uh, with Haas and Will. Okay. You guys just go down Random Holes. Okay. Anyways, have a good night. Peace out. <laughs> uh it's good to hear old Alden Ehrenreich was good in uh, Cocaine Bear. I'm happy for him. Yeah, that is good. Life after Star Wars, you know? I do. It's like an alternate universe where Han never stops smuggling for Jabba. And him and Chewie, like he's he's Han, right? And the Cocaine Bear is Chewie with a spice addiction. Oh my goodness. That'd be a horror film. Yeah, it would. Fucking coked up Wookie. Man, I can't imagine what Spice does to a Wookie. Mm. I think we kind of saw in Solo. You remember, what was his name? Sagwa? Oh. Is that what they did with those poor guys? Look at Made this. Mind Spice? Look at that. I thought man. he was a slave on the planet. The on Kessel. The, the Spice Man's a castle, bro. He was on Castle. That's the right. Spice Mines That's right. Castle. That's right. That's Look, right. That boy, he's been doing some Star Wars meth. Look, he's even missing the tooth. Yikes. Poor Sagwa. He's free now. Yeah, man. Yep, he did that little head touch with uh, Chewie. Chewbagga. Oh, hey there, Chewbagga. How you doing, Chewbagga? Um... I don't think the whole Rebels crew will show up in Solo, but I do think my my bet is Sabine. And then I think we will, I think she will mention, she'll she'll say something like, ah, shit, I got to go to Lothal because I got to be there in time for the prologue of Rebels so me and Ahsoka can go on our mission that leads into her live action series. And Den will be like, this is the way. Good luck. We'll see you in a couple seasons when we cross over. You know? Yeah. But, the uh, believe you me, Din Djarin and Grogu, before this whole Filoni Favreau thing is, is wrapped up, will be hanging out with the entire Ghost crew. For sure. That's where this is all leading. I don't know if they'll be joining forces up against Thrawn or what, but they definitely will. Oh, and old Gideon is showing up sometime this season, too. He went to a war tribunal. Somebody's going to break his ass out, and he's going to be like, watch out. Gideon's going to be Or pissed. it's going to turn into a job interview. They're like, so we heard you were doing this. We really like that. Let's yeah. look at more of that. Do you want to work for our secret New Republic science facilities? What what, what did you have cooking? And he was like, you want to know what I... Have you ever heard of Los Pollos Hermanos? I'll tell you what we got <laughs> cooking. <clears throat> All right, buddy. 
Well, I think that... Tight, I'm... tight, tight. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for recording with me, buddy. Oh, thanks for recording with me. You ain't got to thank me. Um, listen, guys. Time. I enjoy it. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate it. Um, if you like our theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Make sure to check out High Potion, the video game podcast I do with our buddy Steve. And we'll see you next week for another double Star Wars day. Woo. Woo. It's a good time. It's a good time to be alive. All right. Well, until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>